Okay, so listen, we're starting a new thing in church. It's just, just for right now. No, okay, so what this is, if you're wondering, I'm, what this is is I'm going to make myself look like an idiot today so that you can remember this word on Thursday when you need it. Amen? So, so that's what this is for. I'm going to use it for an for a illustration this morning. And if you're wondering, this is my actual wife's veil that she wore in our wedding. And it, it's coming up on 15 years old. Yeah, come on, somebody. Still looks like the day I bought it. The veil that, that is. Um, so um, it was funny because, like, Rachel was talking to me, and she's like, there's no really attachment to that veil. And I was like, it's not even a little. I mean, that's, maybe there should be a little bit of attachment. You know, this is our this is a wedding veil. I had never seen you until we got, hey, just kidding, we dated. <laughs> yeah. What is that? This guy's crazy. Okay, so. Um, this is the veil, and as I was looking at it, I started to look, and it's literally just whatever this material is, and they hot glued it. What is it? Tool? Really? Y'all stole that. Yeah, that sounds like something. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is tool, and it's hot glued to a big barrette. And so I had this idea, I was like, Rachel showed me how to put it on, but then I remembered my hair is only like a half of an inch long. So if it falls off, y'all listen, y'all don't judge me. Y'all just remember this on Thursday. Don't make this sacrifice meaningless. All right, so hey, we're gonna be in, uh, it's like kind of main blocks uh, block of text, and it's gonna be our main idea. This is where we're gonna kind of go back to a couple of times. This is what, whenever I, I, I season it with another scripture or another point, this is the verse that we're talking about, and it's found in 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. If you want to go there, 2 Corinthians 12 through 18. I'm a good pastor. I'll let you turn there. Rachel's always like, you got to give them time, baby. you got to give them time. I'm like, they have time. They have time for the production team to put the screen up on the verse. Hurry up back. Hurry up, Pastor Josh. I'm bombing in here. I'm losing them. I'm losing them. All right. So 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. I'm going to read it from here because I, I tend to read kind of fast. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We can be what? Yes. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. I want to take a minute right here because I know that Paul's talking about Moses' writing and so we think of the the old school, the, the Torah or, or what the, the Jewish religion would take as 
their Bible, but that is not necessarily what this is talking to. See, Paul was talking to an audience, but this word is for us today. So he's talking to an audience that would have understood that he's talking about the Torah or the Old Covenant. But today for our audience, he's talking about the old religion, the the old way of doing things where it was a, a, hey, you have to perform in order to meet a certain a group of criteria and a certain group of laws so that you can come before God. And then there was a veil that separated you from the glory of God. And, and when Moses was actually the one that got to go into the glory of God, he had to wear a veil in front of his face so that the people of Israel would not see the full-on glory of God. But here's what it says. This veil is removed only by believing in Christ. So that's what it's talking about. Listen to me, church. When we could just read all that, when he's talking about reading the Old Covenant, we can just say religion there, okay? We could just tie in religion there. Verse 16, it says, Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Now that is good Bible right there. That is good Bible right there. That's saying, hey, listen, listen, I can remove this veil so that you can come into my presence you can understand, then I will set you free. And here, by the way, while you're there, I'm not just going to leave you jacked up, but I'm going to make you more and more like me. And the more time you spend in my presence, come on, somebody, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. The more you, you, you spend in my presence, the more and more like me you'll be. And see, that flies in, in the, the face of some of the things we think. Because how many of y'all have ever heard or thought of the concept of if I come to church jacked up, then isn't that kind of like just being free to sin? Have y'all ever heard that? Have y'all ever heard the idea of being free to sin? Good, man, that, that should make us happy as a church because I have. I grew up like that. I grew up that if you didn't act a certain way and if you didn't adhere to a certain thing, what instead was that you were living just free to sin. And what I can see is when we come in front of God and in front of his presence, freely unveiled and unfiltered, he makes us more and more like him. Now that's good Bible right there, but I wanna season it with a verse from John 8, and that verse is 36, John 8, 36. Now these are the written words of Jesus right here. So you could just take that onto the bank. It is gospel truth. You know it, right? And it says in verse 36, so if the son sets you free, then you are truly free. Listen to me, Eastgate Church. It doesn't say mostly free. It doesn't say partly free. It doesn't say almost free. It doesn't say striving to be free. What it says is you are truly free. Yes, give him praise in this place. Father God, we thank you today that your word gives us this.
because we can stand on this. When we feel a certain way, we can stand on this. When we, when we are, are going up against a certain time in our life, we can always come back and stand on this. Thank you for being our firm foundation, God. In your holy name we pray, amen. I want to speak to us today, if you haven't figured out, about spiritual freedom right because here's what i know is we have this unfiltered access to the presence of god but yet if there was an anonymous poll today and and the the question on that poll was are you truly free like you should be i wonder what your answer would be today come on go ahead soak in the tension it's quiet tension's good for us amen tension makes a movie good doesn't it make church good soak in that tension um when i was younger i had quite a big family when i was younger it's not like look but uh something happened and just that whole corner um no uh so that would be my dad's side of the family and so uh not much uh relationship with them but when i was younger that was different I had a lot of cousins. We, we had a lot of cousins, probably too many cousins, you know? Like, have you ever had that, so many kids? You're like, that's probably too many, man. Um, so that's where we were with the grandparents. And so at our grandparents, we were always finding stuff to stay occupied, amen, from my parents. We stayed occupied, and, and it was amazing because it seems like we always ended up playing hide-and-go-seek, right? Y'all know hide-and-go-seek, right? Yeah, so we're playing hide-and-go-seek, and here's what I noticed. I was really good at hiding, right? But I was a super anxious kid. So get this. Go with me for a minute. I'm hiding, and in my six-year-old mind, I'm like, I am so forgettable that my parents are probably like, didn't we bring something here? This is going to be, yeah, you know, and you're like, you don't have the life experience yet as a kid sometimes to tell you otherwise. And so what I would do is I was really good at finding hiding places, but I wasn't so good at hiding because I was an anxious kid and I was always so scared that I'm like, what if I hide and they just stop looking at me? But I was really good at finding the hiding spots, church. And and, and let me tell you, sometimes I think that that's where we are today. That I, I think that, that, that we are really quite good at finding hiding spots, and we are really quite good at operating in those hiding spots. And what I've found uh, is that there becomes this feeling of like loneliness and this feeling of like abandonment. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? Because here's what often happens in this situation is you start to feel like everybody's given up but a lot of the times what if if you could just take a step back and look at the picture from a different side what you'll see is that you have been the one hiding and the people have not stopped looking for you they just haven't found you yet and you've gotten so good at hiding that you feel like they're not coming and, and, and so they, and you're like, no, 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 I have, I have this and I have this. And, 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 but you walk away feeling like they're still not there and you still feel lonely even though you have these people in your lives. And I want to tell you it's because they, they found you, but they haven't found the part of us that we like to hide away. Amen. Um, and so people coming to church like this 
every Sunday. There are people like this all across America right now. There are pastors, worship leaders, people that's been Christians for longer than Jesus. There's, there's new Christians and they're all struggling with this because what we do is we come in and we pray and we worship God, send your prayer here in your prayer, you know, and we're singing God overwhelm us. And what we should do is walk into his throne room with boldness and, and we should with like the boldness of a child. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Dude, one time I, I, it was like one of the very last times that I was preaching. It might've even been Easter because why not? right? It might have even been Easter, but Judah broke out of E-Kids, right? And he came running up that hall, and he got about right there, and I saw him, and I can tell you, I know where he was coming. He was coming right here. And can I tell you what? I looked at his little face, and he wasn't bound by anything. He didn't think he was doing anything weird. He wasn't scared of what was going to happen. Just wanted his dad. And so that's how we should approach the throne room of God. But instead, we say, but first, God, but first. Now, y'all are going to have to work with me because I didn't want to wear the countryman and this wireless in my hair. And, you know, so y'all get the idea of it, right? Y'all know what this is. So we, we just say, but first, let me, let me get back here because I'm, I'm broken so I'll, I'll be safe back here. And, and instead of giving God the brokenness, what we do is we hide it in new hiding places. But here it is, church, here it is. We don't stop there. Wow, we just walk off the stage. We just, poof, up. Hey, we're, we're beating Easter. Um, but, but what we do is we walk around like this, and instead of giving it, God, we find the new hiding places, and, and then listen to me, church, we call it progress. How are you doing? Oh, man, God is moving. Is he, or have you just tucked it somewhere that don't hurt yet? Come on, somebody. Um, so, so we call it progress, and, and listen, I came to tell you from the Holy Spirit, just like the old game, come out, come out, wherever you are. My, my daughter loves to say that part, man. I'm like, come out, come out. I'm driving in the car. I'm like, yeah, baby, you'll find me. You know, and some of y'all get that joke at lunch and y'all laugh. Um, and, and, and so he's saying to you, come out, come out wherever you are. And he's saying, come to my throne this morning with boldness, the boldness of a child. And my hope and my prayer is today that, that when this is over, church, when we leave the, this building, that we won't just come in singing about freedom, but instead we'll be able to operate in it and we'll be able to walk in it and we'll be able to, can we, can we, can, dare I say it in church? Can, we'll be able to command where it is because can, can, can I just tell you the Bible says that you've been given authority over all these things and so at some point we have to stop believing that we're just getting beat all the time and we have to believe that God has given us some authority and I think this is probably where it where it would start for a lot of us today and if this is hitting home I just want to encourage you listen don't feel guilty feel free feel free that God sent a pastor to say hey you need to listen to this one. Amen. <clears throat> Genesis 3, 8 and 9, talking about Adam and Eve. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. 
And then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? Now, I'm, I'm sure that all of us can read that scripture and be like, God knew where he was. You know what I mean? God knew where he was. And, and so what that tells me and what I love about that scripture is that God knew where he was. God knew what had happened. God knew everything because he created it. It wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything that they were actually hiding from God. And yet he still went walking in the garden to be with them. Where are you? And the Holy Spirit saying, come out. Listen, none of the sound team just conked out back there, did they? I just heard from the production booth. I heard, it's like, somebody check on Larry. Check on Larry. There's Larry. Thumbs up. That's what you, that's what you have to do sometimes. (laughs) Oh, man. So, where are you? And the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, come out and listen to me. We cannot come out of a place that we fail to acknowledge exists. Amen. I'm going to unpack this for a bit, right? So, so where are you? Let me, let me ask it like this. What's that one thing? Like, I've talked about this one thing before, but let me say it like this. What's that one hurt that's been around for so long that you're like, well, I guess I'll just live like this? What's that thing? That's what I'm talking to today. Let, go ahead and put that person out on the stage for a minute. Let me talk to them for a minute because that's what I'm looking for is that that one thing that's been around for so long that you've decided I'm just going to live with it and, and, and we pretend that it's not there and listen to me. It's not like we don't deal with the symptoms. It's not like we don't deal with the fallout. It's not like everybody around us doesn't deal with the symptoms and doesn't deal with the fallout. Listen to me. It's not that you can't be free. It's not that God is ignoring you or not hearing you or that he's not doing what you want him to do. Can I just tell you that you just found a really good hiding spot someplace in your past? And so we walk with God and, and, and we come in and we, have, we walk into it like this. And sometimes you're nailing it, right? And then others, you feel like God is the one that's actually hiding something from you. Come on. Can I be honest this morning? I, I, I've came to remind us today that there's a, a new covenant that says, but you don't have to hide. You don't have to hide. But Pastor Jeremy, what if they find out? We say this a lot. Who's they? Who's they? Who is this they that we care so much about? Maybe they'll get free too. A lot of the times we stop to think about the bad things that may happen if we do this stuff. But I wonder if somebody else might get free when they see us getting free. Could it be today that that this thing hurts you so bad because God is trying to diagnose because you have been medicating what needs a miracle. And he's saying, here, I can can handle this. I can handle this. Or, or, Or sometimes we feel stuck right in a season when is this season gonna be over i can tell you i've said those words before when is this season gonna be over and and, and when it's all said and done i looked back and i was in a new season but i just had a bunch of stuff that i carried over i I had a bunch of stuff that should have been resolved in the last season but it wasn't and so what happens is all your seasons start to look alike and you feel stuck 
And I wonder if Scripture tells us that He works it all together for our, our good. I wonder if Scripture tells us that, but I wonder if there's some, some all that He hasn't been able to work this morning because there's some all that we're hiding away because we're really good at finding hiding spots. Jira wants to be shalom or peace, but there's, there's hidden away uh, anxiety and worry and fear, right? And so what we start to do, this is going to fall out of my head. So what we do is we do this. You can still see. I can still see everybody. You can still see me. We're good. We're good. And, and so what happens is then Jira wants to be Jehovah or Lord of all, but there's some all. And, and here it is, church. When we live like this, this stops us from getting free, and here's why. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is. Someone help me preach this morning. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we don't have to walk around with this veil. We don't have to walk around separating ourselves, right? We can walk around in freedom. We've talked about the Old Covenant, and I'm not going to do this justice, but I'm going to take a very quick minute. I feel like I should grow my hair out really long. Are y'all seeing how cool I'm doing with these, like, I mean, I'm killing it. I think I need long hair. Um, so we, 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 <laughs> we have the Old Covenant. And so in the Old Covenant, what you had is you had a bunch of laws, regulations, and, and really, in all honesty, can we just say bondage? That, that you would do to try to get into the presence of God. And so what they would do is because the presence of God was so holy, they had a very special place that it resided. And then it was separated from, from everything else by a veil. Amen. Now, again, this is very, this is cliff notes. Don't go take a test on this. All right. This is overview. So there was a holy of holies. And so what happens is it was separated. And once a year, you would come to the temple, you would confess your sins and sacrifice, and then the priest had to go in. One person was allowed access to the presence of God. And here's what he would do, is he would ring a bell, somebody, and he would ding, 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 ding. You know, I probably didn't sound like that. I'm sure it probably sounded cooler. But he would ring a bell, and he had a rope tied to him. And if that bell stopped ringing, then we know that that priest was not ready to go into the presence of God. And here is why. Because if he would go into the most holy presence of God with sin, he would be struck dead. And, and, and so that's the old covenant. Doesn't that way sound crazy? Doesn't that way sound scary? Doesn't that way sound like something that needs to have a veil torn apart? You know, and, and so that's what Jesus did. He, he said, I didn't come to abolish that, but I came to fulfill it. Amen. And so, listen, when, when I think about that old covenant and I think of what it must have been like, you had to hold on to this through, throughout the year, and then you couldn't even go and confess. You couldn't even do it. You had to hope that the other dude was good enough to go confess it for you. And what if he wasn't? Oh, <laughs> Could you imagine you're, being, you're out there, you just, oh, duh, did his bell, oh, I got to wait till next week. 
this is a whole thing. You know, this is, this is why religion keeps us from experience freedom. But here's the deal is I think most of us still have a habit of coming to the throne room of God like that, expecting repercussion, expecting there to be fallout from you coming in front of a holy God the way you are. And, and what I'm telling you today is not only is that not the truth, not only has Jesus himself invited you, but he has said, take that rope off because in my presence, you're not going to die. Instead, in my presence, you're going to live. And in my presence, you're going to live free. And in my presence, every time there's something that tries to keep you bound, there's more freedom. And I love that because that is what he is saying here. That's what this whole thing is about, is believing in Christ removes that veil. But Pastor Benjamin, I threw y'all a curveball. Yeah. My middle name's Benjamin. When I was a kid, I used to hate it. Benjamin, you know. And, and I, my dad would always be like, no, man, it's not bad. It's, it's actually pronounced Benjamin. I'm like, well, that's not better. That's stupid, too. That sounds about as 80s as you can get. Thanks, Dad. Um, so, 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 Pastor Benjamin, right, as I get older, I'm like, man, I kind of like Pastor Benjamin. It matches my gray hair a little bit better. <clears throat> if I boldly come into his presence and I open up every part of my life like, like this is and I remove the veil that I have put up, what exactly will happen? Well, let's go back to our main block of text. Miss CJ, I did not give this back there to you, so this is a surprise. So hurry up! I'm just kidding. No. Verse 16, I'm going to read it to you. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, come on somebody, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed, how many of that is that? How, can somebody do a quick Google search of what all means? Um, let me know when y'all get it done. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Right? So Paul is saying here, listen, listen, you've been given access. Jesus has removed the go-between right? So, so let me show you where he did that, right? In Mark 15, verse 37, it says, Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last breath, and then the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. Come on, church. That is amazing because what, not only, listen, not only was that saying, hey, this presence of God is not here anymore in this building. This presence of God is now free to roam around. And what I just did on the cross has enabled you to be able to come into it freely. You don't even need to come here. I'll come to you. That's what that said. And listen to me. That's what the veil tearing like that symbolized. Come on, y'all keep giving praise. That's what the veil tearing like that symbolized. God coming from heaven to earth. We all know the old song, you know, He came from heaven. You know, you know, this, you know the song. Language. We know it. I remember. You don't know it? No, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Listen, 
I am barely holding it together when I play guitar and sing. Much less try to do hand motions. It's all going downhill. We'll never get to Monterey's. It's going to be a big thing. Um, that song, I love that song. And I remember it was one of my favorite worship songs in church. And I didn't know that it was a real song. Like I thought it was just something we learned in VBS and had some cool hand motions and stuff. And then I remember I was like, uh, later on in high school when I was watching TV and it, at, at so late at night, um, there was one of those commercials. It's like, call now and you'll receive free, free, uh, three free CDs and stuff. And it was Petra Praise. And I'll never forget it. Just And, and like it showed the clips from it. And it, I came from it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is, this is a real song. You know, and I remember I'm like, this, so does anybody else know about this? Has anybody else told them that you don't have to do just the hand motions? Yeah, so anyway, like I said, it's a crazy kid. <laughs> right? Um, so let me ask you something. If that means that, that he, his presence came to us and it ripped the thing that separated us from him, it ripped the thing that says, hey, if you come here, you're going to have to deal with fallout. And, and, and instead it says, hey, we're just going, I'm just going to season all of this up in here. And, and you could just come find me wherever. You can just be and you can draw near to me and I'll draw near to you uh, so that when we're walking in weakness, our, our power is being perfected. His power is being perfected through our weakness. But what we do is we put the veil back on, right? I'm gonna do the head toss. And it's caused there to be more bound people than there are free people in the church, right? And, and because the veil is not just a separation from God, you see, it also causes us not to be able to reflect clearly the work of God and the freedom of God in our lives. Just like Moses, he had to cover his face so that they would not see the glory of the Lord. And I wonder today if we took the veil off during worship, if we took the veil off during our conversations, and if we took the veil off during our prayer time, and if we took the, the, the veil off during, during our times when we're hanging out with our friends and we're supposed to be getting fed by those friends, iron sharpens iron, but really we're just hiding a bunch of stuff and hoping that the other one doesn't Notice, I wonder if we stopped doing that and started doing this, what the church would look like. Because what it sounds like is a church less full of bound people and more full of people that are willing to operate how Jesus wanted his church to look like. Come on, somebody. If everybody testified, everybody would overcome, right? Because, because listen, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, that's something that's in the Bible. The Jesus, he's already covered the blood so what he needs now church is his people to testify and it can start with the sermon today but can i tell you it has to continue with the choice with you it has to start somewhere so i want to encourage us to let it start with us today in this room unfiltered freedom unfiltered freedom is is kind of what i've called this message and the idea of being unfiltered you know it's just something so scary about that. Could you imagine going right now and just ordering a big, large coffee and just saying unfiltered? Yeah, I want it. I'm talking, you don't even have to grind it. I'll eat it. 
give me some hot water and a spoon, you know? So gross. But see, a lot of the times we look at that as, as safety, but a lot of times that, that hurts us. And for you guys taking notes, I got you. I know I've been all over the place and you've been like, I need something to write down. I got you. I got you. There's three types of filters. I'm going to take this off before I lose my mind. I'll put it back on when I need it. Amen. All right. Three types of filters that we could take off today. The filter of regulation. I give this back to her ripped. She's like, that was the most important part of my wedding dress. I'm like, you told me this morning. The, this is the filter that's tied up in performance. Let me, let me say it like this. If we perform well, then we will actually be worthy to come into his presence. And let me tell you, people that have this filter do not spend a lot of time in his presence. How do you know, Pastor Jeremy? Because, let me tell you how I know, because we put so many expectations on ourselves that God does not put there, and can I just tell you, that we'll never meet up to them. And so because we don't spend presence in the time of God until we feel like we're worthy to spend presence with God, we hide. We go behind the curtain. We put the veil on. We got to take it off today because, listen, what you do is you start to just avoid it more and more. And it's just an ongoing process. Number two, the, the filter of religion. We've kind of talked about that a little bit this, this morning, but I want to hit on something that's a little bit different. Now, this filter is restricted to pretty much the right people that do the right thing. And all of these look kind of alike, but they're, they're all kind of seated in different things. And, and this filter not only hurts the way you come into the presence of God, but it also really hurts the way you reflect the glory and freedom of God. Amen? Because here's what this one does. Okay, so we, we talk about how we want God to change lives and how we want God to transform sin. But a lot of the times, can I just be honest with you, church? The, the, the church gets freaked out if a bunch of sinners come to church. And, and so what we do is we, we think, we say, project that the gospel is for these people and not for these people. And so what happens is that's rooted in a deep issue. That's not actually rooted in you being scared of sin or you not thinking that the gospel's strong enough. It, Normally, you'll find that you believe somewhere deep down you don't think the gospel's strong enough for you because there's something that's been jacked up and there's some all that hadn't been turned around for your good because there's some all that's been hidden away. And our, our, our third filter is the filter of rituals. If I pray more, if I read my Bible more, all these things are good things. All these things are ways that we communicate and grow and talk and listen. But when you rob these things of their power because you don't go in to the freedom of his presence, then this is just a familiar, familiar filter. This becomes something that we just know. This becomes something that we can put on and just just hide a little bit. They can still see us. 
I can still see him. We just put it on. But what I wanted to tell you today, and we're, we're ending with this band, if you come on up and, and close today. I want to kind of end with a story that, to be honest with you, if, if you've been in church or around church or honestly even just in like the vicinity of a church, you've probably accidentally heard this story, right? <laughs> it's the woman at the well. It's such a beautiful story of, of brokenness and, and, and hiding and, and grace and all that stuff. And what we see is this woman, she was coming to the well when nobody else was. And let me tell you why that is. I just saw a piece of chocolate on the front row and it just, just we could just go home. It just ruined everything. Um, what she did is she would hide by coming at a different part of the day. And the Bible actually says it was the heat of the day. This is the time you didn't want to go out and do any work, right? And so she would come because she knew that she could come there and she can hide. But today when she came, Jesus was there. And she talks to Jesus and he talks to her. And then he asked her for a drink. And I love this because he asked her for a drink. And we read that and he's like, dude was probably thirsty because it's hot. But isn't it amazing that in our brokenness, God still values your worship. God still values your worship. And I want to close by making it practical today. When that veil was torn and that veil removed and that presence freed when Jesus died, listen, what was back there became door dashable. So, so that means you can get access to it anytime. It doesn't mean that you have to go somewhere special. You can get access to it anytime time and just like we will bring food into our home can I challenge us today church to bring some filling into our home to to do some stuff that doesn't just depend on us coming into church and, and being led or or being being this but can we come in and lead today can we make decisions to live as free people because there are bound people out there that need us to live freely. Amen. Just like we bring the food to our home, let's bring filling. That way, again, we don't just come to church to be free. We come to celebrate it and to show it and to reflect that glory of the Lord. What would worship be like if we came and, and we led our whole section? What would worship be like? Have y'all been in the, in, into the worship service where worship just gets all over y'all? We could almost go away. What would worship be like if we were boldly coming into his presence like a child and reflecting that to the ones that aren't there yet? Now I told you, I'm closing, I'm gonna give you some weekday words. Somebody say weekday word real quick. All right, first off, church, listen to me. This is something I want you to do in your own time, your own relationship with God, your own friendships, your own relationships. 
you got to have transparency. Transparency. And that is to be seen. Listen to me. The woman at the well, she did not want to be seen. She did not want to deal with people. She did not want to deal with having to explain that which she had hidden. That's why she went in the heat of the day. And I want to tell you that some of us are like that right now. We're present, but only to a certain extent. And we need community, but what we do is we start to avoid it. Am I, am I the only one that does this? What, what I know what I need. What I need is some friends to build me up when I'm going through some stuff. What I need is to, to have some friends that'll pray for me. What I need is to turn on some worship music. And what I need is this. But what I really want is I just want to sit alone in my room and deal with it. And that's what a lot of us are doing and, and, and listen to me, church, we need to be seen because if they cannot see you, they cannot see God through you. We have to have accountability, and that is to be held. Now, part of this is finding someone who knows you, knows who you are, knows everything about you, knows your potential, and will speak to that potential. I have friends like this, but can I just, can I preach to the dudes for just a second? Guys, we are bad about this. We are bad about this because we are ultimately the fixers. You know what? Find you some dudes that are jacked up like you and y'all fix each other. Y'all work on each other. Y'all pray for each other. Y'all struggle with each other. I guarantee you life will start looking a lot different. For you and then here's what guys do though this is this is what's always funny is if you do see a guy it's always like this hey dude hey man how was your week oh dude i failed oh man oh thank god that you said that because so did i you know and then you just sit there in awkward silence for a minute and you're like you good yeah yeah good dude i'm good you good And so what I've done is I know that I do that, so I found a friend that I don't do that to. I found a friend that I can call and be like, dude, I am broken. I found a friend that I can ask, I can talk to about Star Wars, barbecue, or Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. And so this person will encourage me and pray for me and talk to me and tell me when I'm being dumped. Encourage me when I need it. But you know what? I'm pushing you guys to do more. And so as a pastor, I'm going to be transparent. Y'all see that? As a pastor, I don't know if all other pastors do this. I know that I do it. I'd be willing to bet there's a lot of us out there. We like to get on a desert island by ourselves. And, and here's why. Because if I'm jacked up and I show you too much of that jacked upness, then I could cause you to struggle and not be free. Or if I show too much of that, it may cause you to get free. Or if I don't show enough of it. And so in my head, I struggle with this. I know that this is telling me not to struggle with it. I know that everything that this is saying says not to struggle with it, but I struggle with it because I'm a pastor and because I care 
about what you guys go through. And so we'll maroon ourselves. And so what I started doing, can I be transparent? I started getting pastoral care counseling. I said, you know what? There's some things I need to deal with and I want to deal with it. I was growing with God and I was going through my journey with God and one day he brought me to something and I was like, ooh. I was like, ooh, why that, man? Come on, dude, I can ignore that. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore that your dad left at nine years old because eventually you're gonna have a kid. And so now I started getting counseling because I wanted the accountability. I wanted to find someone that I could be transparent with and I wanted to find someone that knew the ins and outs of what being a pastor is like and could speak to those things. And so I went out and I got that. And that's what accountability does is they'll lead people into your life and they'll lead wisdom and they'll lead people that will listen to the Holy Spirit and will help you go from what you were created to be to what you're capable of. And then the last thing is vulnerability. Vulnerability to be known. Now this is, this is like deep time. This is, I'm not dealing with the symptoms anymore. This is taking off the Band-Aid, exposing it to the air. This is, this is all of it. And so that's why oftentimes for us, this is hard because I could come in here and I could talk about anxiety. I could come in here and I could talk about uh, depression. I could come in here and I could talk about what it's like to try to live a life with a God that wants you to be free, but you're not willing to be free. I could talk about that all day, but it's different to come and say that I deal with it from time to time too. It's different to come in to say, you know what? I wanted to deal with something too. And so what happens is this one is hard because it means something different for us. We're gonna have to go back and visit the moment that started it all because we can't just keep praying, God, get rid of my bitterness, God. Help me not be a bitter person, God. Help me not betray people, God. But you're unwilling to go back to the person that betrayed you because it hurts too bad. It hurts too bad, church, because you're medicating what needs a miracle. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with depression and anxiety today because you never went back and faced what caused it. And so you think, I could just deal with the symptoms, but you're not anymore. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. And you know what? I found a lot of the times when we did do something great for a, a, a certain period of time and we find ourselves in this season, God, where'd you go? You enabled me to do it here. Where are you now? And God's saying, man, you can't see because you got a veil. I never left. I never left the boat. At some point, I told you that you could get free, and at some point, you just ignored it. Now, that's what happened. That's probably why it feels weird. But I've been here the whole time. 
the whole time. And that's what I think that the Holy Spirit is trying to say in this place. Now, I'm just feeling in the moment, the reason why I'm saying this is because the band has a whole thing that they're gonna do. We're just gonna keep it kind of soft. I just feel in my, my spirit right now. So y'all just keep it right where it is. I want you, everyone in this place, to just bow your heads and close your eyes in this place.